Hello and welcome to Now You've Seen It. I am the host of, uh, I'm the host of the show for this time, uh, Gregor Sprague, and joining me on the panel is Steve McGrath. Steve, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing too bad, Greg. Thanks very much. Um, a little under the weather, but hanging in there. Yeah, you and me both. Like, I, mine's not as bad as yours, but it's like the cough button will be used here. Oh, but yes. enough of the small talk. We got to introduce our our guest. Um, he is, and I realized in the outline I switched it. Um, but he is. Well, I'll let him explain to himself because he's he's in all actuality our third guest to try to get this. But whatever, third time is the charm. Hunter Regan, Hunter, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? doing good and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a movie um so I, was ho- guys- I was i was really hoping that's what we were going to talk about and it wasn't going to yeah. be chinese chinese food but I mean- <laughs> yes uh so for the for those of you guys who who do not know what this is because this is a this is a new show um this is called now you've seen it and we are going to talk hunter has not seen the movie that we are talking about uh put to peel back the curtain here neither had i before uh be, being like before the powers that be are like, you're doing this one. I'm like, all right, cool. I haven't seen the movie, so it'll be fun. Um, keep in mind, this is not to shame the people because there are millions of movies out there and it's hard to watch everything. Or anything. Yeah, or anything. Uh, trust me, as a wrestling fan, I can attest to this. <laughs> um, so, Hunter, um, how big are you into to science fiction? Um, what Basically, I'm trying to gauge as to sort of why this would have been something that you missed this is a, it's actually a good question because i am a sci-fi fantasy fanatic nice, um nice. so why this movie i'm guessing i probably didn't watch it because it's two days long and <laughs> I, I mean that was just too much time to commit to the movie and i thought that it kind of looked cheesy okay and that's all under that's all understandable um for me, it was, and again, I'm going to sort of interject myself a little bit here because uh, I have the same thing. Um, you know, like you, I'm a big sci-fi fantasy uh, person. I'm into everything, if I'm going to be honest. Fine. But it was, it came out in 2009. I was also, where I'm going to show my age, I was 20 in college. You know, so I was that broke college kid. So it's like, okay, I, I, and I, I didn't want to pirate it because, you know, I also, not that I have paranoia, but it's was one of those things like i'm like all right the fbi is going to come in here and also like living where i lived at the time internet wasn't the best to download a decent quality of the movie um but yeah so it was just one of those things like it's like i'll catch it later and later came up two weeks ago (laughs) i i I was in the same spot yeah um but yeah so this is where we cue an ad Hello, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, the host of Just the Tipsters, America's favorite true crime podcast, because people are awful and kill each other. Hi, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, host of Just the Tipsters, America's favorite true crime podcast. Have you ever wanted to kill someone? hey oh, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, host of America's favorite true crime podcast, Just the Tipsters. And what makes Just the Tipsters America's favorite true crime podcast? because I said so, that's why. That's okay, right? I can say that? I mean, guard! Just the Tipsters with Melissa Morgan is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Stitcher, the Radio.com app, and wherever pods are cast. 
subscribe, rate, review. You'll be glad you did. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now all right so the movie we are talking about is james cameron's avatar uh not to be confused with the last airbender or legend of korra um, or the... about, I watched all, all episodes of both series for this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the comics. Are you kidding me? Is this the Blue Monkey people? Can you guys hold on for a second? Uh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wait four hours for you to watch the movie. I'll be back in about three and a half. It's fine. Kidding. I thought we were doing something about Mary, so I watched the wrong movie. Uh, hey, hey, I would. Trust me, that's a great movie. Um. But yeah, so Avatar came out two thousand nine. Stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Michelle Rodriguez, and Sigourney Reaver. Like I said, written and directed by James Cameron. Other stuff like that, I will pepper in. But I will say on Rotten Tomatoes, it has at the time of recording an eighty-two percent uh, rating. Um, but let's just get into the nitty gritty. Um, we have, I believe, we have a fake trailer that will be played right now. Jake has had it tough. First, he was injured in the Marines and can't walk. Then Tom, his genetically identical twin brother, dies, working for Resources Development Administration. Luckily, Jake can get his legs fixed, but that costs money. And even more luckier, Jake can fill in for Tom and make all that Megacorp cash. All he has to do is get the no-no for Uium from the blue native Navi by any means possible. But instead, he meets a girl, falls in love, and rebels against a completely non-evil genocidal megacorp. Starring Perseus from the new Clash of Titans movie, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy, Letty from the Fast and Furious movies, Phoebe's little brother, and Dana Zool. From the director of The Terminator, The Abyss, and Titanic, sure, take the whole door, Rose. James Cameron's Avatar, part one of, say, five? Um, but yeah, so we're going to discuss the movie. Um, so, Hunter, being a sci-fi guy, how does this sort of rank for you a little bit? Like, in the sci-fi, like, did you did you enjoy it for that that side of it, or... Um, I kind of, I kind of put it in a box where it's the sci-fi and fantasy kind of combined. Um, and I felt like I was watching star Wars meets Lord of the Rings with really bright colors. I actually, that's a, that's a really good, so sort of like the palette a little bit of Thor Ragnarok. Right. It's how I would say that, you know, with the colors and stuff. Um, I sort of come at it. I, I love that comparison. I honestly, I really do. That's brilliant. Um, with where I did it, because this was filmed for 3D, um, like getting into like like I, I learned the fa- some of the facts and behind the scenes stuff, bef- but way before like when they were doing the press for the movie, um, like where James Cam- Cameron like basically came up with the technology to make the cameras, um, and get all that stuff working, to where it really started the 
excuse me, the new, uh, the new um, introduction of 3D movies, and seeing that in this movie, there are movies that I've seen before um, for 3D or not for 3D that you see where they play to the camera. I didn't really see that with this. Now I don't know if it was because watching it on Disney Plus, they they did some editing or whatever. Uh, like they have, there have been reports of them doing, but. I don't know. Did did either of you catch that? Like like where they're I only caught like I think two scenes that I remember where they are like, oh, this is the 3D part. I mean, you could I the visuals when they're on the planet and some of the, and during the fight scenes, especially I think I think that's where you kind of lost some of the 3D parts that would have been awesome in the theater that you don't get at home. But yeah. aside aside from that, I felt like I was watching a movie that was made for my television. Yeah. Uh, what what about you there, Steve? I would agree. I I didn't see anything that was like overtly, you know, someone catches the baseball before he hits you in the face kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, and you know, I'm, I get 3d and why it's fun. I've never been a big fan of it. I never, I've never gone to the movies to see a 3d movie. Um, just because that in and of itself to me is a distraction from what has turned out to be these days, kind of a, a difficult thing to nail down in terms of what's happening and what's going on. So um, yeah. but no, I didn't, I didn't pick up anything that seemed terribly overt, uh, that to say that, you know, this, this was supposed to be a 3d movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, cause, and I bring that up because right around that time, um, like, like I said, with the cameras where it was, you know, the, how they've, how I would prefer them to film 3d as opposed to that, uh, virtual rotoscoping where it tend, if you do it wrong, it tends to look like paper cutouts, um, with some depth. Um, I remember my mom taking me to, because she wanted to go see this movie. I'm like, all right, let's go. And we went and saw uh, the Step Up 3D. And all throughout, I'm like, this is playing to the camera too much. This is like losing some of the effects. And I don't remember the story because, I mean, those movies have stories. (laughs) And yeah, and I did research afterwards. I'm like, oh, this is the same technology. This is the same technology. So it's like looking back at it now, I, I just, I figured I'd ask that for you guys because it intrigued me to where like you even like Deadpool, like Deadpool, there are scenes where I don't, I know they didn't film for 3d, but it's like, if they did, it'd be like, okay, that's why there's this shot. That's why, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Um, no, I, I didn't get a ton of that. I felt like it was, it was made to be watched in regular television. Yeah. Which is which is good. That's I, I think what all good movies should be. They should be able to you know wherever you're watching it, it should feel right that you're watching it that way. Um, so let's let's just dive into the movie. Um, so with this, uh, what did you what did you think about uh like the acting? Let's start with there. Like I mean, they're besides Sam, uh, besides Sam uh, Worthington and Zoe Saldana, who hadn't been in much beforehand. Uh, how do you feel about the acting choices that were made? Um, well, the guy who plays the the army colonel or general or whatever he is, uh, I thought yeah, he Stephen was. Lang. I thought it was extremely over the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I was watching a a spoof commercial or something of somebody showing me what it's like to be in the army. I mean, that's really how he acted it out. Um, so yeah, very I much that, your, your typical super tough army dude. Yeah, yeah. And I just call him. I just call him Cable. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good that'd be a good one i'm making a note of that for you know if we ever do so do some of the deadpool and cast the remake and i know I, we're talking about the acting portion right now but yeah 
I, it, it was hard for me to really break down the acting because I thought the dialogue was horrible. Yeah. And, and when the dialogue is bad, I mean, even if you're a great actor, you're only going to do so much with bad dialogue. Yeah. And that's, this is where I, I'm, I'm very loose with this. So it's like, I was just sort of thinking, okay, let's break, go to, go into the acting. Cause I wanted to stay a little bit away from my big pet peeve with this movie okay. because I did enjoy the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like the writing, it was so predictable and, you know, not knowing basically anything, um, that, you know, about the movie beforehand, except for more of the technical side of things and that, uh, you know, what some of the people played, it was was like coming in with the, uh, the voiceover, um, which turns out to be the audio journal. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get this, you know, the narrator, him as the narrator throughout the whole thing. And then. And like after the first act into the second act a little bit, that goes away and then it comes back and it's like, pick a lane, James, James Cameron. Right. No, I, I completely agree with that. hundred percent. Yeah. And I was, and it, I was bored to tears by those little checkups of his. I'm like, okay, you're telling us what happened and how you feel about it. I don't care. Move on. Yeah. Um, and it's like, like it worked at first. It worked for the world setting up. Sure. And you know, because you're, I mean, I am. Here's what my deal is. Here's why I'm here. It's almost like it's almost like he put it in there because the movie is about space and it's supposed to be in a space movie. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, you watch any space movie and the guys are in the spaceship and they're doing a video log. Yeah. No, true, true. Like even even on TV shows now with them when they're set in space, they're all, you know, it's the I think going back to Star Trek where it's, you know, Captain's Log you know, with all that. And it's it, like, it's like, I, it's a space movie. I'm supposed to have it in here. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, when you're dealing with the fact that you've got this guy who is a Marine and he's plopped into the middle of all these doctors and scientists and things like that, as far as the team that was dealing with the avatars and with the, with the people there, uh, the expectation is that you would document the holy heck out of everything. Um, that's what they would do. I'm sure they're doing more video logs than, than Sam Worthington's character was Jake. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it makes sense that they would have him do it also from the overview standpoint of, you know, okay, you're, yeah, you're his twin, but you're an unknown quantity. We don't know who the hell you are. We don't know what your deal is. So we want you to tell us and we're going to read it and, and listen to it and, you know, look it over and, and, and be on your back about it. Um, if you say one thing that's, that's, um, that's out of whack. So I, I get the practical aspect of it, but to your point, Greg, yeah, pick a lane. Is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? You know, yeah, there it almost screams like, um, uh, like, like, like in Blade Runner, like the, the, where, um, I, I can't think of the, the director of that one, uh, for some reason, but where they put in the, the voice, the voice narration just to appease the studio. And it's, which is probably the case with, the, yeah. with that, with that and with this. But I mean, I don't know. That's, that was, I think my biggest. Like some of the stuff, some of the acting, it's like, okay, I can forgive it, especially with the fact that, um, you know, at this time, I mean, you had, you know, you had Zoe Saldana, who I don't think had been in really anything of note at that point. And Sam Worthington, where, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, uh, the trivia on IMDb and they said that, uh, Matt Damon and Jake Gyllenhaal were the studio's first choices to play Jake Sully. Um, and then James Cameron decided to go with the lesser known Sam Worthington. Okay, great. But even then, I don't see those, sa- excuse me, saving the movie either. You know, if it, if it was Jake Gyllenhaal or Matt Damon. 
No, he was fine as an actor. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he was one of the best performers, to be honest. I did too. I, I did too. And, and it was maybe, a $250 million budget. I mean, they could have had anybody. Maybe they it was wanted. because, maybe it was because he was the one I didn't know. Um, I have a hard time. Oh, like, I love, I love Sigourney Weaver. I love, you know, um, Giovanni Ribisi. You know, I love those, those, those actors, but it's like, I'm having a hard time seeing Dr. Grace Augenstein instead of Sigourney Weaver. And, oh, that's the guy from Saving Private Ryan. Okay. All right. Well, but it, who's Parker Selfridge? Who's that guy? Is he a producer? I don't get it. So yeah. with, with Sam Worthington, his character is new to me. I don't, I don't know who that entity that I'm looking at is to begin with. And to some extent, Zoe Saldana, although she had already been in the first Star Trek reboot movie earlier this year, yeah. still, you know, I'd only seen it six or 700 times between when it came out and when Avatar came out. So, you know, I'd only seen it a few times relative to what I, how much I normally watch Star Trek. But, you know, again, so, so his performance, now looking back at it and maybe knowing him a little bit more, what, from The Clash of the Titans, I think, and, and whatnot. I think those are the only other movies I've seen him in. Um, yeah. But, but again, you know, it, it's those, those quieter moments that he ha- is able to have, both as himself and as the, the Avatar, um, I think impressed me be partly because I know it was been, it was difficult to act in the scenario of having all the crap all over you and the you know the buttons on your face and the suit on and the camera in your eyeballs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but I I was probably most impressed by his performance given you know who he's around and that's not to take anything away from any of the other actors. I just partly it was because I didn't know who he was. Yeah, and that honestly I think works the best um, with a lot of them because where. I've always had that where, um, even now, like there are actors that I know their name, but it's always when I go, th- when I like see them in something else, I'm like, oh, it's like, like David Tennant, for example, I'm like, oh, that's the 10th doctor. It's not like, that's the one that comes through first. And that I then have to go, no, he has a name moron. <laughs> and then you start Googling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where it is with a lot of the other ones. Like, like Giovanni Ribisi, I, I'm like, I know this guy. I know who he is. And it wasn't until a little bit later, I'm like, oh, that's who it is. Um, other ones, like, I've seen, and it's funny because I've seen um, Stephen Lang in movies where I know it's Stephen Lang, but he's that he's the character he is. Michelle Rodriguez, same way. Sigourney Weaver, same way. Even with, uh, you know, Zoe Saldana, who, you know, is Gamora and is Ohura in guardians of the galaxy and star Trek respectively. Um, you know, hers, it was easier because it was all CGI. You never saw the human equivalent, but you're right. I mean, Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana were the two that were easy to blend in, you know, like they were the highlights acting wise of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I give, I give Zoe Saldana a ton of credit for just when she had those moments where she had to be as angry as she needed to be, or as troubled or sad or, or just all over the place with those deep, dark, um, you know, you, you'd forget for a second that that's a a digital creation part, you know, because of how they did it and captured the face and all that kind of, but that's her acting. Um, you know, hopefully the, whoever ultimately did the deal into the movie didn't, you know, I'm going to spruce that up a little bit. Watch her get an Oscar because of me. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, just the intensity in her face and her eyes as that character, knowing that that's not who she looks, that's not what she looks like, that's not who she is. Um, yeah, I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and, and, and a make-believe accent, too. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's an accent that doesn't exist, and I thought she did a pretty good job of not just kind of giving us a generic, like a, 
uh, a Hispanic mixed with an Asian accent or something. It kind of sounded like a fresh accent that you had never heard before. Right. No, yeah, that's true. Um, like, look again, you're you're you guys are sort of hitting at things that are on the trivia page. Um, like, so we should point out that the Navi language was created, um, from scratch from a doctor. I think he's this uh, guy, uh, pa- Doctor Paul R. Frommer has created languages for movies. You know, for a bunch of movies, and I, th- I think he's done like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And um, he created a thousand words for this. Um, and uh, you know, for the Navi language. And uh, the other one I saw in here was that uh, Sam Worthington actually had a better, um, because he's a born in the UK, but raised in Australia. So he's got, you know, an Australian accent. It was easier for him to hop into the Navi language than it was to do his American accent. Oh, sure. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the things I'll, I'll sort of point out, uh, hitting on what Steve, you were talking about, uh, because I mean, so imagine this because we're we're in 2020 right now when we record this. This was originally planned to be released in 1999. Yeah, no way. This is yeah, <laughs> and it was um you know supposed to take place or, you know take place. It was supposed to be released after Titanic, but James Cameron then decided that the technology wasn't there. Um, he was right. How yeah? Do you see a version of this at all that could have taken place 10 years before it was actually released? Oh, sure. Absolutely. It, it wouldn't have looked as impressive and it probably, the scale wouldn't have been as huge. Maybe it'd have only been 90 minutes long, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, think of movies like, uh, like one that stands out to me is crawl from like 1982, 83. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dating myself here. I'm a thousand years old. Um, <laughs> you know, or, you know, people might pull out, uh, um, uh, what's the one with, uh, David Bowie and, and uh, what's her face? Uh, you know, labyrinth. Oh, labyrinth. labyrinth. Great. You movie. know, movies, movies like that, where it's, it's complete production design. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a built world, but they did it literally not digitally. And there's nothing. Look, avatar looks to me as real as any alien planet I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so not That's... again, not taking anything away from that. That's why it came out when it did. He didn't want it to look like a star Trek, you know, set like planet. Yeah. You, would, you wouldn't <laughs> have had those. You wouldn't have had those colors. The, as vibrant as they were, or, eight, or the effect years of, of, yeah, or that that effect of them walking across the foliage and it turning color as yeah. they do, whatever. And you know, so he he, I, I'm glad he waited because it does allow you to get you know into the world a, a bit more and to maybe you know helps you suspend that disbelief just a little bit more. Um, there are times I think where he goes overboard. I mean, you know, people kind of make fun of like the Michael Bay crane shot in every movie and every <laughs> scene shift, there's a crane shot where he swoops in and whatever. Um, to me, it felt like any time that we shifted venue, there was this huge introduction to that new location. Um, yeah. You know, where we're beginning to learn the basics here. We're not, you know, we haven't lived here all our lives, but we've been here now for a decent amount of time. So we kind of get the idea. The dogs have six legs and uh, the plants light up and things like that. So you don't have to show us that every time. One of the rules that a, a, a comic book writer of mine, a favorite of mine uh, named John Byrne, who uh, I don't subscribe to everything that he teaches, but in terms of writing, one of the things he said that made sense to me, and I watch for it, is you start a scene as far into the scene as you possibly can, yep. right? You don't, you don't necessarily start the scene with the cop walking into the captain's office and saying, hey, how you doing? Here's a donut. Have, have some coffee. You, 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 you cut to that scene where the, the captain's just you know, in the middle of reading him the riot act. You know he walked in. You know he had a cup of coffee. You know he gave him a donut. 
all that stuff is there. So I felt like at one scene in particular, when they went to go get their bird things, you know? Yeah. The, the, the partner bird. Right. Yeah. And, and they showed us how they climbed up the floaty rocks. Right. And that took like 10 minutes. Yeah. It took 10 or 15 minutes for them to, okay. So they're floaty rocks. I get it. It's hard to climb up there. I get it. Uh, they're better than him at doing it. I get it. He's learning to do it. I get it. But we didn't need to see them climb up the entire, whatever you call the sequence of floaty rocks, the bird things. And it was like the third time that we had seen how hard it was to climb up stuff there. Yeah. Right. Right. We're continuing to see that he's inadequate. They're better than it. Well, they've lived there their whole lives. I mean, he's, you know, whatever. So that, that kind of, that kind of slowness, that the pacing of that type of stuff was kind of driving me nuts. It's the equivalent for me, in my opinion of, of musicals. Uh, The only musical Mm -hmm. that I'll watch really is Popeye. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So with, for me, where you're hitting at is uh, because they, they do that a lot. And the only time that I think back on it now that I would have sort of found acceptable is when uh, Jake first gets in the avatar, um, you know, because yeah. for, for yeah, that, that uh, first scene like that. Yeah. For, for the people who maybe have not seen this and, Oh, I probably should have warned you. We're going to spoil this movie. Um, but you know, Jake, who is, who is, a, uh, you know, he's paralyzed. Um, you know, that makes sense. All the other things to me scream like, uh, the sequence from Milan, uh, the, uh, where they're playing the song, uh, a girl with fighting for while they're training, you know, that's where it's like, we don't need this. You could easily cut that down to they start the climb, they finish the climb and he looks over and, you know, or maybe he gets up there and he's out of breath and then he looks over and, oh yeah, we're up really, really, really high. Yeah. And how many times have you seen a sequence like that where they're doing something? He's in a person is in a, is with another group who's really good at that. And they all pass him up and he's like, what the heck? And by the time he's climbing up, you show him climbing up and they're all waiting for him bored to tears. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I might have saved some time and maybe picked up the pacing a little bit, but you know, <laughs> wanted to, to Cameron's credit, he wanted, and I don't blame him because he set another standard at that time for movies going forward. As far as what you can do, doesn't mean you should do it, but what you can do. So give Avatar credit. I, I hope as we get into the two, three, four, five sequels that we may be getting at some point uh, that, you know, he dials that back a little bit. Maybe we get a tighter story, a tighter uh, watch maybe a shorter movie somewhat. Um, since yeah. we all know so much, please don't reintroduce us to the world like for a half an hour. Um, you two, know, two hours and 15 minutes would have been perfect for that movie. Yeah. Sure. Even shorter, I would say, but, but again, that's, you know, it's a visual masterpiece. It's certainly nice to look at. I really enjoy effects, um, and worlds that don't immediately take me out of it. And very little in this movie does. Yeah. What's funny. What's funny about some of the, because some of the reviews that I had heard previously about it being kind of over the top and I didn't think it was over the top with the effects at all. I mean, the fight scene, which is where he could have went way crazy and it just got way too in depth in terms of the graphics and the special effects. I thought he kept it fairly realistic. I mean, as realistic as you're going to make a fight scene taking place in outer space with flying birds and, and planes that don't exist right now. Um, but yeah. he did a good job of keeping that realistic. So I felt like it was a fight that could actually take place. Very interesting. And even, I would say even the, uh, sort of the, the dropping out suddenly, like where I, I sort of critique it in the fact that they did, it didn't seem like there was 
enough of an effect shown on the person. Like I would almost equate that to um in the Matrix, where um, you know, like like maybe the first like if you do that, it's sort of like when Neo first comes out and you it's the you know, he's gasping like he's you know, just died and all that. Um, but it's sort of like the oh, hey guys, I didn't see you there, you know. And then granted he gets as they go on, because they I think they did it like three or four times where they pulled out the characters while they were in you know, their con- yeah, right. while their consciousness was in this the avatar. It's it was sort of like there is no like there should be some if we're show if the visually that we're showing is this Doctor Who warping thing that now okay now you're in the the Navi creature's eyes shouldn't there be a little bit more of a little bit more like maybe ten percent more dra- dramatized of oh my gosh as like like with the last one being put me back right now like how he did it that part was fine it's like okay he's he's gotten a little bit used to Stephen Lang's character being an asshole and pulling him out but every time they pulled him out they reminded us that he had no legs yeah like that got a little yeah. annoying it's like okay I know he has no legs I don't need to see it every time he comes out <laughs> well that was just because they I mean you know again looking at the trivia they they took a plaster cast of a paraplegic's legs and they wanted to get their money worth money's worth out of that. Um, so I mean, yeah, uh, Steve, you hit on this, that the, the fact that here we've got two movies coming out, you know, the avatar two is supposed to come out next year, uh, 2021, like in what, 2012 and 2014 and 2016. It's, it's part. So this is where I ask you guys to do a little bit of Nostradamus here with the five movies with, like you hinted at with the fact that it was supposed to be 2020, 2014, and it kept getting pushed back. Right. I'm going to take a guess as to he's seeing some technology that he wants to utilize. What, what do you guys sort of want, you know, overall, we'll, we'll keep it general at, for this, um, for him to focus on a little bit more. I think I might know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Story. Yeah. Story. Focus on the story. He can tell the story. He can tell it. He knows how to, he's got yeah. the technology to do it. Nothing needs to change there. The fact that he may want to means maybe he needs to develop that technology for a different story because, yeah. you know, not to get too, too off of that topic, but he runs the risk. It's 10 years. It'll be, you know, it'll 12. be, it'll be it'll 11 be years. Right. Yeah. 12 years after the first one. So all of a sudden you're looking at not a sequel to a movie, but a nostalgia event. Yeah. A force awakens. Which is where, that's where I think it is already. Yeah, it's it's. I, mean, I think it's there already. And if he if he plans, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Hunter. Go ahead. Uh, you're, it, you were know. if he, if he plans on making more than one sequel, it, it, the longer he waits, the more it becomes useless. The, it's, the yeah, the plan is right now. Um, at least according to IMDb, um, they're filming Avatar two and three right now, with Avatar two releasing in twenty twenty one, and then Avatar three releasing in twenty twenty three. They're in pre-production for four and five with four coming out in 25 and five coming out in 27. I feel like that's a lofty, lofty dream. Yeah. Well, you guys uh, fire up that Ouija. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that as much as I do, like, you know, he, announced new road projects where I live. I'm not going to be around when they're done. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah so it sounds like my neck of the woods, too. <laughs> I moved from California. That's a California bridge being built. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, living in Michigan, there's two seasons: winter and construction. You're in Wisconsin, in California. Well. It's construction all year. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it, it, he's gonna run into that issue. He needs to get them rolling now if he's gonna roll them out and have them work like a normal sequel trilogy does. Uh, if he continues to wait, though, the longer he waits, the more irrelevant the movie becomes. Yeah, because I already feel like it's kind of irrelevant now. We've already gotten other movies with CGI and special effects that are awesome. Um, so the visuals are already going to kind of lose a little bit of what made the movie what it was in 2009. And yep. so he's already kind of there by waiting this time for the second one. Yeah, and you, you just reminded me of a point I wanted to hit on um, with the fact that, Steve, that you had said that the um, that the visual effects, especially with the Navi, looked so realistic had have either of you guys seen um oh gosh i can't think oh oh welcome to marwin i was looking at because i have it on blu-ray no i uh, haven't seen that yet so uh that to get quickly review that one it's um it's the steve crow movie where he plays uh yeah you know he, he plays a, a real a guy that's happened in real life that he uh you know they they downplay i think that he's a he, you know he likes wearing women's clothing they just say he likes wearing women's shoes in here. Um, and to he gets beat up and to help him cope, he make or he set up this town called Marwen. Um, in the movie it's called Marwen. It has a different name because it's uh his name Mark and then his uh like his wife or someone, it's uh her name is the second part. It's like all miniatures, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, th- yeah. they're all like uh, G- they're all G.I. Joe, like uh 12 yeah, inch yeah, action yeah. figures. That's right. Um, so watching that, I watched the special features on it. And uh, Steve, I'm going to tell you this to check it out because they have better visuals on the actors because they do. And this is, again, the movie came out, what, two years ago. What they did with this, the toys, it's all CGI. The only parts that are actually uh, from the recordings when they were doing the, uh, you know, the same setup like they do with Avatar are the eyes and the mouth because, uh, again, another really great director who who gets down to the tiny details because when, when, you, when you look at a lot of animated movies you see the the dead eyes you don't see the emotion in the eyes uh so they recorded the faces and cut out literally cut out the eyes well not literally but actually cut out the the recordings around the eyes and the mouths of the actors doing the performances that's possibly what i'm thinking you know that we could have jj or jj abrams uh gosh who's the director uh James Cameron. James Cameron. That's who I was thinking of. I'm like, I don't know why J.J. Abrams came up in my head. Uh, but James Cameron could be using for, you know, the future movies, you know, future Avatar sequels is that technique because you look at it and even with watching the trailers, I'm like, those toys look so real. Like, like I'm seeing Steve Carell and, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Merritt something. She was on Walking Dead and uh, all these actors that are in here in you know, like they were actually doing it. They were, but like somehow they got the arms to look like toys. Well, if they, if it's better than uh, small soldiers, then I'm with you, but it's going to take a lot to top that. Let me tell you. Well, it is. Uh, the story got a little bit ragged on or the, the movie did, but it's, it's, it's a well, it's a well oiled thing. The point I am making with this, because it's not like I'm trying to talk about a different movie is that special effects. And it's that, you know, James Cameron and uh, Robert Zemeckis are those two, where if the technology is not right, they will try to wait and for the technology to get there to where they can do their vision. So I'm sort of hoping James Cameron might borrow some stuff from that, you know, like get, you know, like 
instead of just putting dots all over the actors' faces, which I mean makes it passable. But I mean, you look at the Avengers movies and you know Star Wars and all these other movies, it's like, all right, we know how they did that. You know, the surprise is, oh, it was practical. And that's that's the the fear I have with him. I mean, I have a 23 year old son who is a huge sci fi guy. Went to see Avatar, I think, three times in the theater when it first came out. And when we sat down to watch it last night, we were talking about the sequel coming out, and he was disinterested. He didn't even care. Oh wow! He's moved on. And so you're talking about somebody who literally goes and sees everything multiple times. That's science fiction. And he's not looking forward to it. It wasn't even on his radar. Yeah. You're going to have so, to market it. Whereas normally they may, I mean, they still would, but maybe not as heavy or as hard. They'll have to market it. So do you think, do you think there, and this is going to get into the rating of the movie. I'm sort of going to switch stuff right here. Um, do you think for the sequels, it would almost be better to do a soft reboot? Sort of oh. like uh, with the superhero movies. Uh, like with Suicide Squad and the Super or, or the Suicide Squad, the, the new one with uh, uh, James Gunn as the director, where they're using some of the characters, but it's a whole new story. No, no, I just, because I we just invested. Let it, I just we, let it roll. We, yeah, we invested. Look, I mean, we invested three hours. Yeah. Of of and and he knows that the audience that, that made this the highest grossing movie before Endgame, uh, uh, and continues to to snap it up. I'm sure today even. Uh, no, that, that would be that, that would talk about disinterest because, you know, uh, Hunter, maybe your son, when he starts seeing commercials and trailers and here's the buzz, maybe that'll f- flip a trigger in, in the back of his head and say, well, okay, maybe, maybe I'm interested. Maybe he won't be, but maybe I am. Oh, it's a whole new av- It's like avatar is just the brand name. And this is a whole new, Oh, I could care less. I don't, I'm even yeah, more disinterested now. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, it, they, there's yeah. no way you could possibly do that. I mean, I don't want more kids. I'm going to learn new stuff about the kids I already have. Please, no more kids. And to hit on your, Steve, what you said before, where it's slowly creeping up, um, it is third uh, for lifetime gross behind uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and Avengers Endgame. But yeah, so. I mean, I, I only say that because, like, I only brought that up because, you know, keeping the same, you know, you know, the, you know, some of the main, the surviving characters, not that the actors died, but the characters did um and the you know in there but telling you know where we're focusing more on other characters i'm thinking okay that might be a way to get more out of it and to get people who you know are big sci-fi fans and you know saw the movie then and then that maybe they rewatched it now because it's on disney plus and they're sort of like okay i mean it was a thing maybe i don't know i was thinking maybe the soft reboot might be part of the solution but I think I might be wrong with how you guys were talking. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down that road here. Um, for you know, we're gonna do cast the remake. This is you know, two th- two through five don't uh, don't come through. We're we're playing in a hypothetical. You know, if this is community, we we've rolled the dice and it's come up three. Um, but we get to cast the remake. Who do you who do you put in there for? And and we'll we'll do with the uh. The five characters that we have here um so you know casting for replacing sam worthington zoe saldana stephen lang uh, michelle rodriguez and sigourney weaver so who would you guys put in there if we're Real just quick. doing this for money i mean you have john cena and the rock automatic okay so okay so for that 
No, no, because you're hitting, you're talking to a wrestling fan on this one. Who do you put in which spot? Oh, John Cena plays Worthington. John Cena does the Sam Worthington one. Yeah, and then The Rock would play. You make it. You can make The Rock a new character, but he's the. Would you put? He's the bad good guy. He's he's the bad good guy. Yeah, like 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 he thinks he's doing good, but it's you know really not. He's really screwing everything up. Okay. Um. All right, I could see that, even though that was like what two WrestleManias in a row. But what? <laughs> hey, the budget is, is what it is. You got to make money on it. No, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so who do you see playing John Cena's love interest? Don't say Nikki Bella. Go away from wrestling. <laughs> Let's see here, John Cena's love interest. Keep it's in tough. mind, we don't. Keep in mind, we don't actually see her. That's true. So, so I can. So because I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is hot, I could just make this character Jennifer Love Hewitt. Because there it's an alien, anyways. Yeah, it's Je- it's I Jennifer mean, they, Love Hewitt. There you go. Um, <laughs> so for the the wise uh, teacher for for the uh, Grace character, because so far so far I'm agreeing with you on on, on all of these. I might have an alternative pick for the Zoe Saldana. I'm sure uh, character, but I could I I could see Jennifer Love Hewitt in that in that role. But so for for the Sigourney Weaver Grace, you know the wise older well not older person who's been there. Um, knows the program who, who who could you see in that spot andra bullock yeah we're gonna have her play the the wise doctor she's gonna bring back kind of the role from what was it the pelican brief i think was that the movie she was in oh, what's that movie where uh the town gets contaminated by the oil company or something and she goes in and fixes the town as a lawyer either one of you guys uh, know what i'm talking about oh um wait wait not the, miss congeniality oh um uh, <laughs> aaron burke aaron, aaron brockovitz Aaron is Robert. it Aaron Brockovich? That's Julia, oh, yeah, that's Julia is, Roberts. Yeah, that's no, okay. like that's who we want. That that's who we want. Like, no, we want Julia Roberts. There. Okay, that's yep. who we're going with. Okay, we want her to play that same character as a doctor, though, in the movie. Okay, nice, nice. Um, and then so the only one that we really have left is the uh, Michelle Rodriguez character, which I will say this: I, I don't know anyone who could play that role any different and be good. That's the one spot that I'm like, I think it would have to be Michelle Rodriguez. And she seems to fit with The Rock pretty well if you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the connection from the uh, yeah the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, Steve, is there any changes that you would make to our, our lineup? I am so horrible at this stuff just because I'm like, well, geez, <laughs> obviously Cameron knew what he was doing. Uh, well, I don't I mean, know. For I mean, yeah. But, Natiri, but, I don't know, maybe uh, Zoe Saldana from, uh, you know, from uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe, or that one guy from uh, Clash of the Titans, maybe, for the Jake Sully dude. Um, <laughs> oh, you, know that, you know that really tough guy from the, 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 the where they go back to the dinosaur time show? Remember that show? Okay, well, it's the same guy. But, um, <laughs> no, I just, I, you know, I'm so bad at that, and I'm like, oh, they exist. When I, I can't think of actors really unless it's tom hanks uh, unless they're in something that i'm watching so i i'm sorry yeah I'm horrible at that well and, and of course you always have the the default of idris elba yes you know, who do idris you want elba, to make- johnny depp uh let's see who else is in every movie nicholas cage he can play three or four johnny people. johnny depp is just going to play the pirate character if we put him out there so <laughs> i mean <laughs> then we're going to end up with right. captain jack sparrow playing uh, sure. uh on a planet well, it is a Disney property so, now, so why wouldn't they be watching yeah. that on their little video that's, monitors and stuff, right? That's true. Yeah, but that, but that, see, I would only put Johnny Depp in there if this was a Tim Burton remake of Avatar, because then you've got two of the roles right there filled up. You got Helena Bottom Carter coming in playing a role, 
probably the grace roll. And then, uh, actually, this is where I would do it. I would put Johnny Depp in the villain role. This, uh, you know, the, the Stephen Lang antagonist role. Mm. I, he could do. I mean, I, I think he's talented enough. He could do it. Oh yeah. It, it would not be that guy. He would not be the guy that we all think should be playing Cable. He'd be a different guy. He'd be a Johnny <laughs> Depp dude, um, an army guy. Uh, but it would be a different. It'd be a different slant. Um, yeah. Which would be interesting. Yeah, that's the kind of the idea of of taking a second look at that. Yeah. Which I'm okay with that because I thought the army guy himself was just over the top. So, right. I mean, if you if you casted it differently and gave me a I don't, I don't want to call Johnny Depp feminine, but he's like the feminine version of that and let him play it with yeah. a little bit more feminineness. Well, you could argue just with, he'd be the word I think of is sly, right? He wouldn't yeah, be that's so a, ham, that's a good he, word. Wouldn't be, he wouldn't be so ham fisted. He would definitely be the guy who brings out the big ship and wants to blow up the big tree and all that kind of stuff. But he wouldn't be, let's get home before dinner. And he wouldn't be that. And guy. He'd be you more tactful I mean? about it. I want to get home in time for masterpiece theater. Let's move. Come on, chop chop. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the point would be the same. He would still have the same goal, the same aim, but his motivations would be different. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'm tweaking the rating system a little bit because I I I'm not a huge fan of it. I like the rating system, but mine's gonna have the caveat. Basically, you have no money to ten dollars. How much would you have paid to see? Or how much would you pay if? You, to see this in the movie theater. Geez, if it's only ten bucks, I'll take that. <laughs> but I guess we're we're rating so, it up. We're putting that up against how much we like it. We can pay as much yes. as we feel yeah, it, it deserves. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I for me, I I'd, I'd give it five bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just funny. again because it, yeah, I didn't like the movie probably as much as you. I don't think, but I'd give it seven bucks. All right. I, all right just just to, to see the effects and the visuals of it in the theater, I'd give it seven bucks. Yeah. I, my my concern is that again, I, especially nowadays, where you've got so much other stimulation just waiting for you. You like, I started watching Avatar, but I ended up watching TikTok for two hours. Uh, <laughs> it, it's so easy to get distracted, even <laughs> even in the theater. If I'm not engaged in the movie, then I start thinking about other stuff. Like, yeah, did I changed the cat pan. Did I pay the cell phone bill? You know, uh, are my kids' grades okay? You know, uh, and which is all important stuff. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to take a little break so I can get out of that but um uh, escape reality yeah i mean i i could maybe find a couple of bucks in loose change to toss in there too and and make sure that hunter doesn't make me look like a cheapskate but i mean it's it's one of those things where <laughs> i'm entertained i enjoyed the movie there are a lot of fun parts about it i was in awe of the the world and how they built it and how real it did look between the yeah. creatures and the plants and the world itself and the machines and you know the whole thing but there were just those little things that just you know kind of popped my tire every once in a while and and reminded me that I was watching a movie not experiencing something out my window. Kind of wish I had seen it in 2009. Uh, yeah. Only only because we've been like oversaturated with all the special effects in like the Marvel universe and the new Star Wars stuff. I kind of wish yeah. that I had seen it then as compared yeah. to now. I would love to see, you know, and I'd give another 7 bucks to see the sequel that is smaller. You know, I mean, and, and so, if, he, if he's doing five of these things, do a smaller one yeah, and then so, ramp it up again. So, Hunter, you actually hit on, like, I'm going to ask you this question that hits on how I typically rate movies on on my other podcast uh, to to quote one McFoley, Elsners.com. Bang, bang. <laughs> um, there's my cheap pop. <laughs> um, this is 2009. You, you are you are at the movie theater. Do you do you pay the. And I'm going to use what it is for for my local theater. 
um, do you pay the five uh, or sorry the six fifty to see it just regular, or do you pay the extra two dollars to see it in three D? No, the glasses annoy me. I, I'm just watching it regular. Okay, all right. Same yeah, because yeah, I, I ask because that's that's how I when I when I, when I do talk about movies on my on my other show, I I don't like to give a star rating or a like this is a dollar rating, um because I feel like you know you ask me in a month and that will change. Yeah. Um. So to to fulfill this, I would I'm right around there with you guys. I would say probably you know I'd probably I'd probably be splitting the difference between you guys and say probably about six dollars um but this it, this wouldn't be a movie that i would go see in theaters this would be you know especially like waiting and hearing the buzz on it maybe seeing it at the highest that i would do at the end of its in theater run um and maybe spending the extra money on the movie or on the 3d if they say oh the 3d is really good you gotta go see it in 3d um but it would be a solid either purchasing it on you know physical media or streaming it through a service which whichever service it would come out on um that, that that's just sort of how i rate it you know like where i would more than likely see it with the lowest being skip it and just above it being finding alternative mean uh, I, I i'm with you i would never i don't think i'd go see it twice like a lot of people did i yeah. don't get the fascination with that um and my tv at home is pretty badass so i'm pretty good with watching things at my house nice all right so uh closing remarks um basically before i wrap up um hunter i'm gonna let you pimp whatever you want to pimp right now check us out at the maybe i do maybe i don't podcast um basically it's a show that has uh, general talking points we talk about anything that's going on in the world tv music movies um we don't review um but basically you're gonna get my opinion and i'm usually i don't know if you ask my wife i'm usually wrong but <laughs> the point of the show is maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't matter. It's my show. Nice. Yeah. That. All right. Yeah. Give that. Give that a subscribe on all of the things you can find that on. Um, Steve, you got any closing remarks before I close out the show? Um, well, I don't currently uh, put out a podcast. I used to run one called The Voice of Steve, um, and it's still out there. There are uh, like six or eight episodes. If you're looking for nostalgia, if you want me to talk about, you know, want to hear what I thought about what was going on in 2016, you can go and tune into that and um, what have you. Um, I am a, a voice actor, although uh, you can tell from my voice, I actually took a little break from that. Um, I do want to just, if I may, toot my own horn for just a quick second. Um, beep, beep away, sir. Well, yeah, last night I took, uh, for the sixth year in a row, uh, I took uh, third place in the thumbtack gargling slash Harvey Firestein impression contest. So I'm hoping to do better as time goes on. That was much funnier when I went down, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that was great. I muted my microphone. Because oh, I was laughing. Isn't that polite? That's nice of you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, did, I didn't want to cover up the plug. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. So the voice of Steve, um, is the name of my voiceover business. Um, you can go to the voice of Steve vo.com to check that out. I've got a couple of demos up there. Um, you can shoot me an email. If you are someone who is in need of a voice, please do not use this voice as the example of what you'd be getting by working with me. Um, my demos on the website will do that much better. Um, but, uh, Steve at the voice of Steve vo is my email, uh, vo.com. 
Let's try that again. Steve at the voice of Steve VO.com is the email address. Uh, I'm also on Facebook uh, at, uh, you know, there's the, the voice of Steve and all that kind of stuff. So if you, you need some help, I'm happy to do that. Uh, as soon as I get this last uh, thumbtack out of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, real quick for me, uh, easiest way is uh, the link tree that I am working on. It's link tr.ee slash that Gregor. It will have, all the places that I am on or that I am online, um, you know, including the Elts Nerds and uh, Galactic Netcasts and here and wherever I'm at. Um, but for you guys at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. You can email us at oraclepodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it. And you can check this and other wonderful podcasts out at oraclepodcasts.com. Our theme music is performed by Eric Hunt, and we'd like to give a special thank you besides to our to Steve and to Hunter, my great panelist and guest, respectively, to our broadcasting partners at Age of at, sorry, at Age of Radio and at Galactic Netcast, my home. Uh, you could find more about that or more about them at ageofradio.org and gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Age of radio is just age of radio. Um, and the final thing to be said is, like I said at the top of the show, because this is just called Now You've Seen It, I, I want to preface this. We mean this in good fun. You, you hear that someone hasn't seen a movie, like, for example, at the time of this recording, I have not seen Rise of Skywalker, even though it's been out for damn near a month. That doesn't mean you berate them and you harass them. We all have our lives and be kind to each other. And that's an end. Now You've Seen It is a production of Oracle Media Productions in association with Age of Radio and Galactic Netcasts. For more great podcasts, visit oraclepodcasts.com, ageofradio.org, and gncasts.com.